So, good evening, everybody. For the human kingdom, the full humanity of the kingdom of all peoples embraces elements of spirit, soul, and incarnated personality. So, to say that we figuratively stand as a group with humanity during these monthly meditations is to say that we stand in alignment with all the wonders, the potentials, and the challenges, the light and the shadow, the grace and the grit that are part of the world of the human at this stage in our evolution as a species. We stand as fully incarnated human beings, present to the forces of divinity within us that are driving the evolution of consciousness and pushing us toward an initiation for the human kingdom as a whole, and present at the same time in the world of time and space, with our feet on the earth, rooted in the communities, cities, and nations, where we live and work and serve. Humanity, this humanity, is said to be the planetary throat center, the center of creativity and of active intelligence in the etheric body of the earth, mediating between the sacred and the profane. And when we stand within humanity, it is an identification with this center of creative and active intelligence that we stand. And working from this identification, we can use the meditation outline to establish an alignment with the higher, apparently hidden kingdoms of the planetary life, the heart center of the planetary life, the heart of God, the kingdom of soul, the spiritual hierarchy and the head center of the planet, the world of spirit, sometimes called the Father's house, or the center of peaceful, silent will, referred to in several occult teachings as Shambhala. We stand in this full moon work within this grand planetary alignment, and we do so as a group. And so let us figuratively stand now in a moment of focused silence, present to all the grand ecologies that make up the interpenetrating worlds of the human and the divine. And let's hold this moment, this recognition of this alignment in silence and then use the Gayatri. O thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth, and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet.
These interpenetrating ecologies, humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, and Shambhala, are right now and for the next two days unusually stimulated by incoming extraplanetary energies qualified by the energies of Sagittarius. The esoteric tradition at the heart of this full moon work leads us to recognize a wide variety of ecologies of thought present in humanity at any time. And all of these coexist in our families, our communities, our workplaces, our nations, and in the world. Indeed, they coexist within our own psyche, where different ecologies of thought and emotion are constantly interacting and interdependent. In human communities, the thought environment of those on an involutionary incarnation path, whose work is building up the personality, is in constant interaction with the thought environment of those on an evolutionary path, who are engaged in some way or other with the relationship between soul and personality. And these interactions, this dynamic, plays out in a multitude of different ways in personal life and community life and national life. And it's not as if the evolutionary and involutionary thought environments are themselves well-defined or easily classified, for there are multiple ecologies within each broad group. Think, for example, of the sub-ecologies formed by different dominant ray energies, astrological sun signs and rising signs. Think of the role that different cultures and national environments play. These different thought ecologies and sub-ecologies are constantly rubbing up against each other, constantly creating indistinct and moving boundaries. And all of this is just to set the stage for our consideration of what it might mean for the world of the human at this point in our evolutionary journey to be under the stimulating influences of Sagittarian energies. For in a living system of interdependencies, this stimulation brings with it a whole range of opportunities, but also challenges and difficulties for all of us, for individuals, groups, nations, and the human kingdom as a whole. And to give all this some context in time and history, in our time and our history, we might take note that today, the day of the full moon here in the Americas, is the first day in the important UN Biodiversity Conference taking place in Montreal, Canada over the next 12 days. Conferences like this are part of what can be thought of as a great global meditation. The human kingdom is struggling to move into a new relationship with the principles of human rights and freedoms, with its recently discovered sense of oneness, and with the recognition that humanity's current relationship with the natural world is unsustainable and requires significant changes. Things are unsettled and shifting as millions of people around the world respond and react in a multitude of ways to the challenges our interdependence now presents us with. And the energies flowing into humanity during every full moon inevitably impact these unsettled yet significant times. 
our work as a global group of meditators is to consider how the qualities of the incoming energies might have a positive impact, not so much on the details of substantive political choices being made at conferences like the Biodiversity Summit, but rather on the depth of thinking at the heart of the global meditation on right relations. That's a keynote of the group of world servers now. The separation wholeness dynamic understandably works itself out in mass social movements with high emotional drama and strong sixth ray elements. This is as true for those who are inspired to move rapidly into a world of great human and environmental equity and justice, just as it is for those who resist and react against the new wholeness vision and for those who simply want a better life and some stability for themselves and their loved ones. Yet behind all these mass movements, there is something deeper and more significant, a core of thought, planning, and group coherence as creative thinkers from all sorts of different social and philosophical and political backgrounds consider pathways forwards in response to the ethical crises of interdependence. As the cycle of conferences visualization initiative from World Bull puts it, major international conferences are reflections of a thought form under construction by human beings around a particular issue. Trained meditators can aspire to penetrate into the heart of that emerging thought form to see it in a sense as we might imagine hierarchy sees it, which from one perspective at least is to see it as an essential result of a growing aspiration in humanity to control or manage instincts of separation in ways that will lead us at least towards, if not into, a new era of wholeness and freedom. And it is in this spirit that we can usefully seek to shine a light on the role that Sagittarian energies might play in this grand process of creative thought form building with which humanity, our kingdom, is so intimately engaged in the present. Three themes in the astrological signature of Sagittarius seem especially appropriate to an understanding of the thought forms currently under construction in human affairs. First, Sagittarius is one of the forearms of the mutable cross, and it's worth considering the role played by this cross as we, leave, as we live through these challenging years. Secondly, Sagittarian energies are all about purpose, direction, and balance. And it's good to bear in mind that these qualities impact different ecologies of thought in different ways. And finally, it's worth considering Mars, the hierarchical ruler of Sagittarius, and the role that this energy plays in the emergence of thought forms of solution to world problems, such as the problem of human relations with the natural world, which is a central theme in the Biodiversity Conference. Drawing in on insights presented in the Alice Bailey book, Esoteric Astrology, the Mutable Cross, with its four signs, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces, is the cross of the mass of the human being. In a sense, it's a cross of the human kingdom itself. These four energies are responsible for a narrative 
of repeated incarnations, varied experiments, many experiences, all designed to build strong and integrated, individuated personality vehicles over time, and all producing that constant flux and periodic change in time and space, which will provide a field of adequate experience for the unfoldment of the Christ life and consciousness. The story of the vast bulk of the now 8 billion souls in incarnation reminds us of the incredible learning that is always underway in human consciousness and that seems so particularly intense during these early decades of the century. Sagittarius is said to bring the energetic activity of the life force into this dynamic of constant change and experimenting as a body of mind and emotions is being built up. And it's not difficult to see this aspect of the sign, this energetic activity of the life force, potently influencing the mutable cross in today's world. Orthodox astrology points to two planets ruling all four signs of the cross, of the mutable cross, second ray Jupiter and fourth ray Mercury. And this ray combination, two and four, is said to fuse and blend into one cooperative whole, the great dualities expressing themselves through the human kingdom. This is something we can hold in mind through this full moon period. At a time when the great dualities are playing out on the world stage through intensely polarized public opinions, conversations, and debates, Sagittarian energies have the potential to strengthen and foster a fusing of the mass consciousness into cooperative thought forms, accentuating goodwill and the varying responses to the crises and challenges of the age. And this is something to consider in thinking about the Biodiversity Conference in Montreal, raised to and four, stimulating harmony, balance, and right relations between the human kingdom, the animal, plant, and mineral kingdoms. But we also need to note that the power of the forces of conflict in Sagittarius bring their own intensity to the times. Particularly true, this is true for those on the discipleship path, as the fourth ray combines with the destructive power of the first ray through Pluto. It's said in the book Esoteric Astrology to bring the entire human family, as well as the individual, under the law of strife, based this time on sixth ray devotion to an ideal, high or low. It's not difficult to see this picture of conflict playing out in the world right now and finding expression in fora like the Biodiversity Conference. But it can sound like such a desolate vision that Sagittarius means that we're destined to conflict and six-ray devotion to opposing ideals. The reality seems somehow a little different. For while the sign does stimulate native forces of conflict, it also stimulates the will to overcome that conflict and to direct the path towards a new balance and order. For conflict brings about a will to resolve conflict, even if the distaste for conflict leads some to want to turn their backs 
simply wishing that everyone would come to their senses and think the same way that they do. <clears throat> Through the generations since the great battles of the Second World War, what is called the mechanism of awareness, responsiveness, and sensitivity to a new and higher direction has been greatly developed in the human. And this, I think, has the potential to give hope to those who despair about the intensity of the conflict we currently see in our societies. The problem of polarization is clear for all to see. But it's equally clear if we look for it to see that the capacity of mind that leads to a new direction, and above all, that leads to freely chosen control of undisciplined personal des desires, has been greatly stimulated in recent decades. And while the conflict of opposites in all manner of issues dominates our social and public media, we just need to dig a little deeper to see the depth of ethical, creative thought that is rising out of this conflict, suggesting that the evolutionary work of the discipleship community is strong, perhaps even for some of us stronger than we thought. Following some of the more thoughtful conversations around a conference like the biodiversity and event in Montreal makes this, I think, very clear. Another thought is that passage through the mutable cross is necessary before the fixed cross of discipleship can take over and the selfish, ambitious personality can be freed to move on to the path of becoming the selfless disciple. It's during the phase of the mutable cross that the mind nature is developed and it's developed as a prelude to the emergence of the wise, intuitive perception of the disciple. All of this can, I think, be seen to be happening during this apparently chaotic cycle of world affairs. Leadership of humanity's response to the impulse of the plan clearly comes through the aspirants, disciples, and the group of world servers, who are themselves in process of mastering desires and in whom the creative, free, and independent mind is at least beginning to function. It's not that the discipleship group shares the same opinions on issues of the day, but more that the discipleship group is able to think about human development as it relates to the plan and from the perspective of the plan, or as it relates to any of the statements of planetary principles, such as the four freedoms, or four freedoms, individual and collective, or the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And it's here that we can hold in the light the great potency of reorientation that Sagittarius stimulates among disciples and people of goodwill. I see the goal, I reach that goal, and then I see another. As the disciple reaches the final stages of the mutable cross, Energies pouring through Sagittarius bring a determination to step forward into another way of life and without a firm to mount another cross. So we're reflecting upon the thought form under construction in humanity about right relations with the lower kingdoms. Noticing how that thought form is driving the process 
that has led to the Biodiversity Conference in Montreal, including those who favor different approaches than the ones that dominate negotiations at that conference. And as we do this, we can be thinking about the vital shaft of life which shines from the cycles within the new group. It can be seen less in terms of policies being negotiated or debated than in terms of a clear and complicated sense of direction and orientation to build new living and sustainable regenerative relationships with the earth. Extraplanetary energies are vitalizing the sense of a basic and directing sense of purpose in humanity right now. And this is where we can be focusing our care and our attention in our meditation work. <clears throat> the archer descends from the horse in the language of the labors of Hercules to stand firmly and with solidity on the ground. Only then can the archer stand in freedom and sovereignty. Only then can the balance needed be achieved. From this position of balance, the taut bow is raised to the head. It's a gesture, a ritualistic gesture. The eyes are steady as they focus all the life energy along the shaft of the arrow, through space and time, towards a goal of light. In our meditation, we can imagine that goal, that light, is one of right relations in all its multiple dimensions. Right relations to oneness and wholeness, right relations between the part and the whole, right relations between those on the fixed cross and those on the mutable cross, right relations between the human, the animal and the mineral, between the human humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, the soul and Shambhala. One thought about Mars, the hierarchical ruler of Sagittarius, ruler of the sixth creative hierarchy, the hierarchy that deals with the world of the lunar lords and elementals. We can be inclined to see Mars solely in terms of conflict. Yet combined with the sixth ray and Sagittarius, Mars also brings an ability to see a vision of future possibilities, and then to direct a course towards that vision. To organize aspiration and to lift it into planned and directed purpose, sending off an arrow towards the essential quality aspired to. And the relation to the Lunar Lord suggests that the opportunity which we can give all our energy to during this full moon is that the managing, compassionate, disciplining, and guidance of the lunar lords via the mind is stimulated in Sagittarius. So can we imagine 
that humanity's ability to control its desires might be strengthened in some way as a result of the energies pouring in at this time. Little bit by little bit, every Sagittarius, this is strengthened. That's the way time works. Added to this is the thought that following the stimulation and testing of the intellect in Scorpio, Sagittarius plays on the intuition, sending flashes of light to enable the seeker and the disciple to begin to see that there is a possibility of initiation ahead of them and a whole new way of being in the world as a soul. The archer who, who releases an arrow of aspiration and then waits patiently and expectantly begins to find a new and higher light of knowledge and understanding shining down from within the buddhic plane the plane of heart and of heart within the head. What starts out as an aspiration for something new, eventually, after time and experience and much thought, and often after some pain and trauma, returns as a whole new way of seeing what lies ahead. And so may the vast number of human beings currently in process of transiting from the mutable to the fixed cross of discipleship make good use of the opportunities that Sagittarius brings. And may the collective humanity in process of becoming the world disciple, may we together make similar use of these opportunities, deepening as a whole species our reflections on the next steps to be taken in the path towards right relations with ourselves, with the higher kingdoms, and with all the kingdoms of nature. So we're going to work with the Woman approach to the hierarchy. Keynote of this work has been written that he who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark. And then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light. And lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Thank you.
sitting in the light. Grip fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. All who are working with this particular meditation outline and all who are working with the energy flow of this full moon. One fused group. And as that group resound, I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. As a group, we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And we extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. The higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open 
to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, Hierarchy, Humanity, slowly coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation, reflect on the seed thought for Sagittarius. I see the goal, I reach that goal, and then I see another.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good. Imagine them pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest and through which the plan is manifesting. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. These energies pouring through Shambhala, through hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and shining and radiating through myriad physical centers of distribution. the lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together sound the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for a coming world teacher the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation has sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through five great planetary inlets. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the entire human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. from the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. So thank you, friends. We're approaching the um, actual time of the full moon, which is at um, the full moon is at eleven oh eight, eight minutes past eleven this evening. So that's about three, but over three, three and a quarter hours, four and a quarter hours. So friends, thank you for that work together. Hold the alignment. 
That's why we speak about the value of silence, particularly following these meditations. The next meeting for the new moon will be on December 23rd. There will be a broadcast on December 23rd, which will be a webinar only. And the full moon, the following full moon will be on January the 6th. It's an earlier, it's a Friday. It's an earlier time of 5.30 p.m. because of the actual time of the full moon. Friday, January the 6th at 5 p.m. We really look forward to seeing some people here in this Lucis Trust office um, so that this group work we're all doing is anchored strongly and firmly. So thank you, friends, and have a good evening.